Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. And welcome in to the 119th episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and we got a special episode for you today. I am joined by Aurora Carter. What's up? Hey, nice to talk about this. Like, I'm ready to get into it. I'm ready to get into it. I'm ready. What's up? KBZ Kyler Barnett, good to have you back, buddy, after such a long break. I know, it's been a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, back from vacation, back from technical difficulties against all the odds, so... uh... We out here, we out here. Let's talk Black Widow, and then after Black Widow, we'll talk some Emmy nominations. Uh, First things first, I'm going to give general thoughts on the movie. For me, uh, middle-tier Marvel movie. Uh, very enjoyable. I still, I, I greatly enjoyed watching it. There were parts that were a little bit, just a little boring, but more often than not, I was entertained. The action sequences were satisfying. Uh, and, you know, I love seeing them take down a big fucking misogynist. So that's dope. Uh, also, anyone here, if you have not seen Black Widow, get the fuck out of here. This is going to be full <laughs> of spoilers. That's just warning, warning you now. I feel uh, like I can't decide if we're kind of fucked up for this, man. Like this movie just came out like last week. Like, are we giving I the people that. enough time? That's the thing, though. You know, like if uh, if you wanna, if you wanna put this in your back pocket, you go and see Black Here's Widow. Here's the thing. What's listen. probably the worst is like I feel like this is a movie where the most people would probably just listen and be like, I don't care if I get spoiled because it's not a phase four implicator, really. So, like, it's probably one of those ones where, like, people are just going to be like, yeah, if it's spoiled, it's spoiled. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a real in-betweener. Which, which is fucked up. Don't get me wrong. No. You're, a bad, you're a bad person for that. But if you <laughs> want to listen, we're not – if, you, if you're going to listen, we're not going to turn you away. Yeah, if you're going to listen, you're going to listen. You're going to hear spoilers for The Black Widow, uh, and then you're going to hear some Emmy nominations. Aurora, overall, how would you feel about this film, Black Widow? Six out of ten for like six out of ten. We got the rating. movie, and for Yelena, I would say ten out of ten. Yelena rocks. <laughs> Yelena rocks. Uh, Florence Pugh dominated that role. Uh, and like we said a little bit in the Patreon, uh, David Harbor and Florence Pugh, for my money, really just carry this. And Rachel Weiss, all of them just, just fantastic. Uh, Kyler, what about you? How are you feeling about the movie? I'm going to be much kinder to it um, because, generally speaking, I feel like middle-tier Marvel movie for me, like, and I feel like the general consensus should be like that middle ground. Like when you're talking benchmark, when you set the average, where are we like, what is the average? I think Ant-Man probably fits that best or is uh, close to that, at least in terms of how I view it. 
I see this as better than that. So I'm going to go like higher tier middle middle class but what i think i love about it is i came into this knowing like okay no phase four anything we're not getting anything cool like in that regard so just go in and enjoy the movie for what you know it's going to be and it's going to be like for me the way you view like winter soldier almost like the movie in terms of the action i guess there's a little more suspense there but i think when you go into it like this is going to be intense action stuff i'm like hey let's go for that and then what else helped me is I think I just watched, I'm watching Clone Wars, which is kind of like we're getting a lot of filler for stuff the movies don't, you don't, don't touch on. Yeah. Well, this is a time with Natasha that with any of the other characters really hasn't been touched on. What was the gap between Civil War and Infinity War for a lot of characters? Not much. So like this side tangent story that we get, I'm so much enjoying in Clone Wars, like me getting a movie like that. To me, just was like, I'm in a great place, like, ripe for the viewing of that, I guess. And I I, I liked it. I thought the action was great. I think Aurora hit it on the head. Florence Pugh, great in all regards. Great, Mm -hmm. great, great looking character. She's funny. The action was awesome. You're such a poser. Yeah, and the action, like, and her accent was great. She can touch them all the bases. Uh, I think she's a great actor, a lot of chops. And then David Harbour. So fun to see him in a dad role, but so contrary to Stranger Things. Actually, I'm not going to say that. He's a lot gentler, but at the same time, he wasn't a great dad in Stranger Things a lot of times. No, yeah, like he's still certainly figuring <laughs> so it out. So I'm going to backtrack. But, like, but, but I think that I, I love seeing more dad Hopper. That's just all I can say when it's Harbor on the screen. I, gotta, I just I gotta see Hopper, it. and I love it. My favorite thing about David Harbour's Alexi is that he's got Karl Marx tatted on his knuckles. Uh that was yes. just outstanding. Uh, the fact that this dude is just through and through a communist, just like, what we need is strength in the party, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck it all. Like, you, I, I just loved it. But, uh, <laughs> I, I'm with you, Kyler. Uh, I, while I say middle tier Marvel movie, no, middle tier Marvel movies are yes. astoundingly. We talk about this all the time. We talk yeah. about this all the time, and a lot of times, still, this branches into Star Wars, where it's like, okay, great, this movie may not be the best one, but that still makes it a damn good movie to watch. Certainly, and what I do love about this this movie and these types of Marvel movies is there's like two sides of Marvel. You know, we've got the. Captain America, Black Widow, Falcon and Winter Soldier Marvel, and we've got the Doctor Strange, WandaVision, Loki-type Marvel. Yeah, these uh, ones are down-to-earth, much more down-to-earth feeling, much more... I Okay, I'm going to say... I'm going to say in the realm of possibility, but, I mean, let's be real here. There was a building fucking floating in the clouds, so, I mean, let's not go <laughs> too hasty, but... Too- uh, too realistic, but more realistic than uh, a fucking yeah. Hey, who knows? Maybe we do have buildings high. floating in the sky. We don't fucking know it. I'm not going to doubt it. I mean, Drakov was staying above the radar. Yeah, Aurora, I... what, was you, what were you about to say a second ago? Oh, based on what um, Kyler was saying, I was just saying it seemed um, grounded, like more grounded than what we've been getting so far. So, yeah. Oh, certainly. Like, and getting that balance, the back and forth. We got WandaVision, the Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, Black Widow. Like, they're really, they're really making sure they know how to balance this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and like, also, like Kyla was saying, this, uh, this gap between Civil War and Infinity War, it is a very interesting time to explore and one that I, I would also like 
touched on a little bit with Wanda and Vision, for the record. I would like to see them kind of laying low, being fine for a little bit. That'd be nice. Uh, I wish, man. I wish. I, wish, I just want to see them thinking, happy though. for a couple of years. Wait, you know? Wishful thinking, though. Just chilling, but... uh. Our window of opportunity is uh, set it's sail closing. in that regard. It's closing. But, uh, you know, the end of this movie, we we get Natasha saying she's going to go break her friends out of prison. Uh, and I think that would have been a golden – like, that's that's another golden story that we could tell through, like, a uh, through like a series, potentially. Black Widow breaking out, Falcon, Hawkeye, Wanda, and Ant-Man. And maybe – like, there's also the story that, like, Ant-Man could be, like – you know, like, no, nah, I'm going to stay. I don't need to risk being a fugitive for my daughter. I'm just going to get the get my parole and do my house arrest. You know, I don't know. I think it'd be, a, I'd be I think it'd be a really fun storyline to follow. But uh, what was uh, what was one of your like standout moments of the movie? Uh, you want me you want me to go first? I can. Uh, yeah, I can yeah you go first. Let me let me shape this in my mind. Mine easily was Alexi's breakout of prison. Uh, him, uh, you know, Yelena and Natasha coming in with the helicopter. Yelena causing an avalanche. Natasha having to come in and swing and pick up Alexi. Like it was just a a, a great sequence followed by his reunion with with the girls and like being like. I am so proud of you. You come and save me. This is <laughs> this means so much. Uh, and they're like, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> fuck you! You suck!" Uh, it, it it's hilarious. Uh, and I appreciate a character who, like Alexi, is there for a lot of comedic relief, like a ton of comedic relief, mostly comedic relief. But he has that heart to him. That's just like there's enough of you in there that you know they care a little, you know. And uh, I think the thing that really st- that stuck out for me there is the uh, the tattoo on uh, Alexi's arm that has Natasha and Yelena's names on it in Russian. Uh, I think that's a pretty important detail. You can go undercover and not get a tattoo of your daughter's names, you know. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> nobody's gonna press you for like. <laughs> well, and if you I don't think, have a tattoo of your daughter's names. You're not actually their father. You're an undercover Russian sleeper agent, right? And well, what like I think means more is like that comes in prison. So obviously, after the fact, he's thought about this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's still years and years after, while he's in prison, like that still meant something to him. Well, and that's what's funny too is that at the end of this movie, when he's trying to make his, you know, uh, the bearing of his soul trying to apologize to Natasha. And it turns out to be, you know, Melina the whole time and Natasha's face. Uh, and he's like, you're kidding. I was talking to you the whole time. Like, I I, I know he meant that. Like he meant every mm-hmm. word he was saying, cause he kept trying to say it and he just <laughs> couldn't figure out a way. Cause then he didn't have the earpiece. And I can't, I cannot hear you that well, but I, 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 for me, best parts of this movie, Yelena and Alexi. And uh, they are the two most comedic parts of this movie too. Maybe that, mm-hmm. maybe that has, maybe that has a great deal of importance to me. But uh, let's talk about the Taskmaster. Uh, there's been a little bit of controversy surrounding the, you know, the uh, straying away 
from the comic book image of Taskmaster. I don't, I don't I, give a fuck. I'm so sick. We have this conversation. Colton, I still recall this from like the first day we ever had a conversation about Iron Man three. If they change something from the comic that is unique to the story, how many times in branch in, in other comic lines do you see them stray away from the tradition? Do these do these authors get you know? as much of a bad rap for it and get judges hard because no, if it's in comic form, but they did something different. Oh, it's encouraged and interesting. But in the movies, it's like, it's expected to be cookie cutter by the comic books. And it's like, I'm sorry, but I think when elements can be added to the story that are unique and interesting and make that story, the director's own the same way a comic book author would, I think that should be encouraged. I think that should be what makes to me it makes Marvel more unique. It makes it to where you don't know what's coming and to me that should be a good thing. I'm with you. I'm with you 100% because like when this twist happened, I got like a small spoiler going into this this movie like uh not not spoiler, but like I saw a bunch of uh like stuff on Twitter about Taskmaster about how like uh, they wish they would have stuck with the comic book vision, how quote Taskmaster is the worst MCU villain to date. Uh Bullshit. Bullshit. After seeing it, I was like, what the fuck was I like? What did people think I was? What the fuck? This is a good villain. And considering the story paints her as not actually a villain, like she was literally being controlled or every her every aspect. And uh, and, you know, you just know that has something to do with it. The uh, the her aspect of it, the woman being the yeah. You know, a lot of fuck boys are pissed. About you that. see it with Ray. You see it with all these characters all the time. It's what's all new. Leia, Captain Marvel, Ray. Yeah, yeah. It just it just happens over and I, over again. The fanboys can't seem to get past. Here's what I'll that say: women can be powerful. I don't understand how, knowing how important the daughter was in this, in Natasha's backstory, in her, you know, supposed destruction of the Red Room previously. I don't understand how you could think that finding out that the daughter's still alive and that being even more of like a two-headed snake at the top with um, the dad and daughter combination and with her under his control. I mean, you take away the human element from someone who your own daughter, like that shows a how crooked and evil the dad is. And then also like to me, the taskmaster they have fought. She fought the same way. She fought exactly as taskmaster should. And it was badass. Yeah. I don't understand how you could judge that. Her actions. The, the only thing, were the only thing I have to complain about the taskmaster is that we didn't get more of taskmaster. I, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I like, hate the part that she gets locked in. That's the, I think my biggest detractor from the movie is she getting locked in for this like final fight for the whole time being locked into the room. Yeah. And then by the time she's released, she doesn't fight. She's pretty much subdued pretty quickly after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I appreciate the specificities of this, of the, this, the ending of this movie, like with, uh, Yelena being the one that frees all the other black widows she was indoctrinated with. And then Natasha being the one who frees Antonia. Like that makes a lot of sense. How would you, Kyler? I gotta ask. How would you have felt if Natasha had just straight up killed Drakov? I mean, there's a part of me that would have liked to see it. I, I just think he was—he's one of that the most like. I, I I'll say I think with these grounded movies, your villains have no choice but to me more grounded in like their means, as in like what they're doing is gonna feel much more personal because it's not 
interdimensional people, aliens. It's these are people with faces that you could see walking down the street every day if you're following what I'm saying. So like yeah, this dude is just when he is manipulating and doing things like what he's doing in the red room to real life people, that hits a little closer and makes it seem much more like wow, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? So definitely it makes another, me want to see him die, but I, I do that think... That another it, thing that made me go, hold the fuck up. Whenever I saw people go, Taskmaster is the worst MCU villain to date. I don't see how you could... Taskmaster's not even the fucking villain of this movie. Right. Like, to me, it's it's almost like, like Ghost in a way in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Where it's yeah. like, yes, she's technically the villain, but I wouldn't – I'd say by the end of that movie, you don't come away saying like, oh, well, I guess she really wasn't a villain. Like you can understand the the reason she's behaving the way she is. But with, I need Ghost to be more involved but, in the future. But the with – uh, what's – I'm sorry. You just said the name, and I'm blinking. What's the main guy's – what? Oh, wait, what? The main guy's Ooh. name. The main villain. I'm so bad with oh, the Drakeoff. names. Yeah, Drakeoff. Like – Dude, that's so different from Ghost. Like, there is, like, that's her, his, like, intentions and what he's doing is so much different. Like, this is a villain that you can comfortably hate, like, really fucking can't stand, like, from, like, a, like, yeah, I'd love to see that guy fall off of a building from the sky. Like, yeah, I'd be down. Like, in in an objective standpoint, this dude is, is awesome. The worst. Like if if any I said this in the Patreon if any part of you resonates with this man then you you fucking suck like you're you're the worst uh, Aurora how'd you feel uh, what was what was like a standout part for you in this movie I remember I asked that question and I completely straight away mm. also kind of like what you said about how he broke out Alexia like that but also a big standout part to me was all of the multiple scenes of Yelena and Natasha kind of like their sisterhood. That's like... Yeah, that was good. That, like the... It, it, would, it seems so... Um, what, I'm looking for a word. It was it very was, natural. It was just... It was natural. It was, yeah, it was just yeah. like... Especially when she was like, um, you know, like, like, do you have a plan or should I stay duck and cover? Like, you know, she just like teasing her like, it just, it was so good. It was, it was so natural. And that's like the scene I keep playing. But also one scene that stood out was I kind of felt like when the Black Widows was going to die, I felt like the Nanites kind of like cut off. Like that scene when the, when the Black Widow was like, um, when Natasha had grabbed her and she let herself go and kind of just fell, I was kind of like, did she scream because like, just because, or like, she was still like in a little trance, or did she scream because he realized she was? It had cut off and she was dying. Like, it's yeah. just like that. I that that scene really bothered me. That was like a, I I, yeah, I didn't I know. know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I'm I'm really not sure. I uh, there there were multiple scenes with Yelena in this though that I absolutely loved. Like uh, another one that's not so funny is at the dinner at the dinner table when the family reunites for the first oh, time. I got to tell you, uh, not a part in a Marvel movie. I hated more than when Melina suffocates this fucking pig. Uh, mm. I was like, yo, fuck this. I hate it this. It was painful, dude. It was like, yo, she's I was like, are it. you going to save that fucking pig? Or are you just going to like, I was right there with Natasha. who was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, 
I was I was like seriously bothered by that scene. But then like later on in the scene, whenever uh, Natasha's like, we're not a family. Our time together was fake. It meant nothing. And Yelena was like, don't say that. You know, like uh, whenever she like really broke down and bore her feelings to them, like I care. I cared about you guys. You were my mom. You were my dad. You were definitely my sister. Like I fucking loved you guys. It was the best, best part of my life. And I like that part really, really, I, I'm, and that opening sequence, really, really awesome uh, with them in Ohio. Uh, as soon as that first like 10, 15 minutes was passed and they were like, they came forward from the flashback. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm in. This is yeah. dope. I, I like think David Barber hanging on the airplane wing, firing a machine gun. That's tough as fuck. Are you kidding <laughs> and me? And then S.H.I.E.L.D., that was what was cool for me. It was like, whoa. They were getting chased by S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. Um, No, so I think the thing that stands out between both of your comments is like, Colton, you kind of mentioned how there's points in this movie where it slows down a lot, where there's stretches where it's just kind of like, yeah, like just non-action, non-important, mm-hmm. like advancing the plot, really. Um, but I think what I love about those moments in this movie and what you guys have obviously gripped with as well is the human element is like we've talked about how grounded this movie felt. Well, I think what makes it what helps and elevates it in that sense is that in those slower moments, there's a lot of human and emotional connection and like moments that really grip you to these characters in a way that a lot of other movies, these mid tier Marvel movies kind of fail to like in Ant-Man. There's not a ton of moments. You're really gripping with T.I.'s character. Like, yeah, man, I connect. I was was going to make that, make that parallel too. Yeah. But but in this movie, those moments where you're not exactly advancing the plot, there's these really big human moments where it's like, wow, that felt really real. Like you can remember a moment in your you know, family dinner table where a moment kind of felt that way, maybe like not exactly in those parameters, hopefully, but, you know, in a sense, like emotionally, we've all had those tough family moments or we've all had those really gripping moments and stuff. Like, I think it just makes it easy to connect and really nice that these characters, they acted their asses off in those moments. David Harbour displayed a lot of really funnily, in a sense, funny because he's like really heavily Russian, like, and he, you know him as Hopper, but also Hopper in the sense that like what he's saying was very emotional and, you know, like moments that just grip you with that character or the same with Yelena, especially like the human elements are really stand out in this movie. And I think the actors do a great job of that. I think they deserve a lot of credit. I'm with you because like, I mean, and I think that's even the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, not yeah. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Like, you walk away from that movie and you, uh, you know, you know Sharon Carter. But there's not that. You don't love Sharon Carter, though. Like, I walk away from this movie and I love Alexi. I love Melina. I love Yelena. Like, I want more of these characters mm-hmm. real fucking bad. Uh, and that's because of those honest character moments. Yep. Uh, you don't exactly. get a lot of, you don't get a lot of action with, Alexi, you know, Alexi has one fighting scene and it's very brief against the Taskmaster and he gets his ass handed to him. Uh, As he should. (laughs) As he should. Uh, I mean, Molina, great character too. Uh, It's. I think, uh, as for my like favorite moment, like my, like the one that really got me, like action wise, um, I gotta say, I love the moment when. That whole breaking in at the Red Room first where they have Natasha's got Melina's face on and vice versa. That oh. whole situation. And then when you flash back and see how it all broke down, that's a super huge moment for Melina's character as well. Because up to that point, you really kind of fucking you hate sucked. her. 
you yeah, really kind of hate her. her. And then like when you're seeing what's happening, but then you see the flashback and what actually was transpiring. It's like, yo, well, what okay, was so hell, like, I remember thinking like as I was watching that scene unfold where like Yelena is alone with Alexi in that bedroom and he's just sitting with her trying to tell her the dad story like, well, you know, fathers, uh, he, he, he go, he go potty on my hands. Uh, thought that was fucking hilarious. But also in that same moment, Melina and Natasha are having a real honest heart to heart, uh, where Melina ends up being honest and like, I am very sorry. Like I already told the red room you're here. Like we got to figure something out and quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like in the, in the couple minutes later where they broke in and stuff and Melina, like, well, Natasha dressed as Melina shocks Elena. I'd completely forgot about that moment. And I was like, fuck Melina. What the fuck is she on? You know, like <laughs> I completely forgot about the moment where she was like, oh shit, I'm sorry. Uh, yep. I just, I, I think, I, I mean, that mo- Alexi's breakout was great. And, and not to, that for sure be top, tops on my list, but you said that I wanted to say something different. So that one hits. And then I really did like, the action sequences like some of the earlier ones when it was just natasha even like that first taskmaster encounter that was really 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 that was really fun to watch because it was so just abrupt and like you're sitting here thinking oh well we still got a while because like we haven't really seen or been introduced to any reason why natasha would be in trouble with the red room at this point in time so it's just one of those things where you're like you don't really assume anything and then bam taskmaster and the fact that she escapes after not even knowing how he was going to fight, how, what the Taskmaster was and how, you know. And I'm, I'm with you. I really wish, I really wish that we just, I, I wanted more Taskmaster in this movie, really. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the action was just lacking with Taskmaster. I think that's, I, honestly, I think if Taskmaster would have had more action, I bet you a lot of the haters would probably just not shut their mouth. Ignored it. What's unfortunate is that now, this poor actress is probably going to get a lot of hate for her character just because they didn't get enough action, which has nothing to do with her or her character at all. I'm, I'm praying that we get more of this character in a, like I'm, I'm thinking this might be our new winter soldier here uh, in terms of like redeeming themselves. Oh, I'm after. so upset. You said that because I remember something on Twitter when someone says, Oh, this tax master is like a cheap winter soldier. And I'm like, not really. I mean, I could see why people said that, but like, it, it, you know, like it made a lot of sense. And also, um, what Kyler was saying, like way before, if you if you think this is the worst MCU villain, she was ex- as much as a victim, just like Bucky, like literally exactly. the same. It's like they kind of like, it's like, um. Uh, they can hardly be held responsible yeah. for their actions. Like they all have a like, get out of jail free card. Like they all, they both have, like you know, like um, they were both getting um being controlled by this person. This person telling them to do this. Like it's kind of like the same thing. And one thing I kind of wanted to ask: Do you guys think it made sense for men to kind of guard the red room? Because aren't women in their eyes supposed to be the best? fighters i didn't understand why it would be men outside i mean i think it was supposed to be kind of like a uh i think it's just even even furthering the misogyny of drakov you know like he's like yeah it makes sense uh, sure sure i'll deploy black widow spies that are completely under my control but the people who are guarding the red room i don't trust anyone more there than a man 
You know, like it's like, like I, I got to think that that's the that's the line of thought there for Drakov is that he's just he's just a misogynist. So if there's people who are directly guarding him, it's probably going to be men. But he'll have the Black Widows deployed to you know. I think another thing that he he uses in women is how much easier it is to trust a woman than it is a man in general. Uh, yeah. On I, the whole, like, I think he just probably has always thought as long as I get a hold of them young enough, they're going to have to have some sort of, whether it's just like just or not, they're going to have some sort of attachment or feel some sort of something to me because I'm going to manipulate it as so. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's just him. And then well, when he, he found he out does, that he could he literally chemically, manipulate. when he found out he could literally chemically do it. Oh, well, that's simple. Yeah, he's like not not just manipulating their mental, like literally programming them so that if they smell him, they can't. And also, it's probably a thing where he thinks that they're less suspected. Like women are probably widely like you look at a woman, you might not think as much a spy in his eyes. He's probably thinking, oh, yeah, it's probably better to have these fucking psycho assassin women who are, you know. Quick, agile, fucking, yeah, well, super like, fucking, it, insanely athletic. It's like, yeah, it. He's they're so he's fucking trained. quick, bro. It, it stands out so much to me. Like, oh I, yeah, like their fighting is, style is badass. Uh, I also think that you know the bottom line is that he's just preying preying on women because he thinks they're weak. Like that's just. Mm-hmm. He's preying on women because he thinks they're weak and making them strong. Like that's what he thinks he's doing. Uh, and I, I, he's just the worst, just one of the worst, most dislikable villains we've ever gotten. Character three. <laughs> to go back to Ant Man and the Wasp, he's like if Sunny. What is what was that guy's name? Sunny. Uh, Sunny. I don't even remember, but yeah. But like more like that amplified and multiplied to the like thousand degree. Absolute man. Because like there was even that, like there was one line where I was like, oh, they're going all in here with just like, fuck this guy. We know you'll hate him (laughs) with the like, uh, uh, the fucking, and I'm using the one resource the world has too much of Uh. girls. And I was like, uh, what the fuck? This is just like it just seemed like a this dark guy. um family guy joke that kept continuing <laughs> with him. Literally. That's a great it, it, way it, to it, describe like, it. <laughs> like he's so one dimensional. It's just like it's just like I hate women, and and that's that's the top. That's that's my thing. <laughs> I'm gonna run with that forever. My friend in the movie theater said, "I feel like he's overcompensating for something." That's it, literally. Yeah. Yeah. literally. It feels like that guy had other <laughs> stuff going on. That's it. Wow. But um, oh, what I was going to say. Also, when I was seeing people kind of mad, they said, "Oh, we get a Black Widow movie, and he putting sexism in it." And I'm like, "That's uh, real stories that need to be told. That that's like." <laughs> Yeah. They're not making that yeah. shit up. They're you not look, making that shit at, up. I mean, you obviously, it's... you look at the treatment of T- Natasha's character in fucking Iron Man Two. Holy shit! 
she existed to be sexualized. Like that's what that her whole uniform was. was to even her costume was made to kind of define her cleavage area. Like, yeah, come on. And then and like also, Tony Stark even says that line where he's like, "I want one." Like, yes, damn, that's disgusting. What a terrible line from the, <laughs> the greatest hero in our universe. Apparently, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, wow. And then like sucks. seeing. Scarlett Johansson, like seeing so many compilation videos of her getting sexist questions and in interviews and stuff. And I'm just like, well, this isn't new, though. You've seen this yeah. in her scenes in the courtrooms in uh, what was it? Winter Soldier, I believe she had to go to appear in front of the Senate or some kind of commission or some bullshit. I think it would have been. I think it would I have think it was been. end of Winter Soldier. I, I know she had one at the end of Winter Soldier or maybe. Well, because because they were in. Wasn't it in response to them being in violation of the Sokovia Accords? That could have been too one of those two. I thought she like, had to appear after happen. she released all the hi- all the Hydra files, but she also released all of Shield files and everything. I thought she right. had to as well. I, I just think like you can tell by the way she's talked. Like she's not talked to; she's talked at. It's plain and simple. Like this has been something yeah. you've seen in her appearances throughout look at what tony stark said about her in iron man 2 i mean it's not hard to see like it's plain and out there it, it's not i mean even I mean, the civil war when t'challa is saying like how he would love you know one of his people to fight black widow like as entertaining that would see you know just like oh yeah when like he's like it was it was uh oh who what was, was the name of the character who came up in the Falcon and Winter Soldier? Because I think that's who it was. Yes. Oh, it was her. She said, move or you will be moved. And yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that. I remember that. Or I would pay to see that, I think he said, or something yeah, like something that. Something like As entertaining as that would be. Or maybe that was right. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's it would be a hell of a fight. And though. then, come on, it it's also be. Russian girls, Russia girls. Like... <laughs> It's, it's realistic and also the real like this movie has a lot of realism how russia treats women the the struggle that women go through and then also even you know russian spies living in secret that's real that's realism. That really happened yeah. like the reason there was a red scare is because like the family dynamic you see here of russian spies who are just acting american you you very well could have lived next door to a family like that and you just would have never known uh because they're good at their fucking job you know uh and that's that's wild to think about as a, like as a potentiality uh i i don't have much more to say about this movie honestly uh i i enjoyed it uh it wasn't the best marvel movie yeah it is we have one thing to talk about we haven't touched oh, the, it the post credit scene got to talk about oh. it oh Post credit yes. scene, of course. Yeah, me and me and Aurora touched on it a little bit oh. on Patreon. We we do got to talk about it though. Um, mm-hmm. So, Kyler, let's get your thoughts specifically since me and Aurora have talked about it more. I think it's perfect. It flows exactly correctly. I, I mean, I think this movie feels like it definitely like it's nice now that we're seeing right after her appearance. Val, we see her and her, her appearance in uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier show. So it's like, okay, it's all coming together now. Like we have, we are tracking what she's trying to get under her belt. She wants these like badass assassins kind of running like a bounty type 
system. It that's seems what that she way, wants. Right? And, and like, that's that's her arc in the comics, correct? Am I wrong? I, I'm not uh, brushed up she'd be greatly. Up, she'd be setting up the high-level hits. Yeah, that's so kind of... I think that's what she's doing. And I think, man, after um, you almost think that Hawkeye, his brief stint as Ronan, you think that those actions were kind of going to go unjudged and unchecked. And uh, uh, I don't know. It looks like we're going to finally see some attempted resolution there. So I think that's where Hawkeye's going, right? Got to be. I got to hope so because I'm really hoping they acknowledge the fact that he murdered a whole bunch of people without any consequence. Um, Uh, And then obviously Val. I love her character. Um, I just – whenever I used to uh, feel kind of sick or something on a school night, I'd always get to like kind of stay out and sit on the couch at night because I don't got to go to school the next day. So I could just kind of feel like whatever on the couch. And um, whenever my dad would fall asleep, a lot of times Seinfeld is what would be on TV. So like, yes. So I've grown up. I've seen tons of uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus and Elaine and stuff. So like, seeing her playing this kind of character is like awesome for me. And I think she kills it. And that's the thing is like, I want to see more. Like we've gotten little bits and pieces, but like, I can't wait till she gets put in. I can't wait until she gets her screen time. Yeah, I gets her. Yes, I, I, I am here for all of the Julia Louise Dreyfus flowers. Bring them to her. All of it. Uh, Yeah, I I love it. And then also, I think it's gonna be nice for Yelena because like, look at what. She just got that sister kind of sisterhood back. Like, you know that this is taking place close to Infinity War. We're getting close to that time, like whenever Yelena and her part ways. So it's just one of those things where you know that that was the last time she saw her. Now it's like, what's her, what's she done now? It's like she just made this reconnection that obviously meant a lot to her. Now it's taken away. It's kind of like we just saw what Wanda got driven to. This isn't even close to the same scale, but obviously, like, revenge for some of these characters is going to be a theme, and I think I'm here for it. I appreciate that Yelena is the one who's getting this revenge arc against Hawkeye, sort of, you know, the, quote, the man responsible for uh, Natasha's death. Uh, But you know who almost certainly would want some sort of revenge uh, is Alexi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly. I know for a fact that man would be coming for blood. Man, Alexi and Yelena versus Hawkeye and uh, what is uh, his Kate daughter? Bishop. What is, yes, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop, man. Well, I, me, and, me and Aurora were talking about this, and I think what, what more we're looking at is the the setting up of the new age Hawkeye, Black Widow, best friend thing uh, with Kate Bishop and Yelena potentially oh. a kinship that uh, that you know, that'd be Clint awesome. And Natasha shared. I think that would make a lot of a, a lot of sense I too. Think, do you? I feel like Hawkeye probably still comes away, uh, not too hot in this for some reason. I get a, I get a feeling. Uh no, yeah, I, I think he's gonna be gone somehow. Oh, what if Yelena and like got the Taskmaster to run with her to go get? That'd be dope. That'd be really dope. Uh, here, here's the thing though. I, I. <laughs> I want somehow for Clint Barton to be out by the end of the Hawkeye series. I don't know uh, if Marvel really wants him in the fold for much longer, probably than they have. Well, I hear the thing is that there's just not much interest around him. No, like the there never really has Hawkeye. been. There never really has been, and they want to watch it for Kate Bishop because obviously we have no idea what's coming, and obviously like the Young Avengers have to start kind of probably coming into play somehow, some way. Yeah, I, I mean. Think. And- 
Absolutely. I'm hoping we leave this series with, like, we have a new Hawkeye. Like, that's, like, Kate Bishop is officially our Hawkeye. Clint can go retire somewhere, live with his family for, like, the third time. Uh, <laughs> the third time? I mean, dude, I dude's that. been like, I'm coming out of retirement, like, six <laughs> times. It's The third time. The third time, dude. It's like, bro could have just stayed retired and none of this would, like, Natasha would be alive. I'll tell you that. Was there something else I wanted to say? I'll never forgive Clint because Pietro and Natasha died for him. Ooh. Rough look. So that brings um, Black Widow and Scarlet Witch closer together. <laughs> In theory. If they ain't done it yet, they ain't doing it. <laughs> well, guys, you got any last thoughts on the Black Widow movie? Nah, man. I, like I said, I just think uh, also the fact I haven't seen a Marvel movie in this setting, like in theaters, new Marvel movie in so long. It's just, regardless of what it was, just being back Glory. in the theater and being able to see it, incredible. I uh, gotta, just felt, felt right again, you know? It was, it was perfect. I, uh, so, so excited to get a new Marvel movie. And I didn't even realize how truly excited I was until like the days before, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, <laughs> I started thinking, I'm like, I I mean, I was excited. I was always going to watch this movie. But, like, in the days before, I was, like, highly anticipating Black Widow. Like, I was ready for this movie. And it's just because I'm always going to be ready for whatever Marvel has to throw at me. Uh, I saw a tweet pissed me the fuck off that said, uh, you know, now that WandaVision, the Falcon Winter Soldier are over. Loki has the last episode this week and Black Widow is finally out. I know I have nothing to look forward to. And I'm like, yo, what? We have six Marvel projects left alone in 2021. Movies, I think two, right? Or three? Yeah. Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, What If, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel. And then also Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And then, okay, Guardians 3 is not filmed yet, right? But the script, No, it's, it's yeah. not yet. So then what comes next in 2022 towards the beginning? If, if Doctor Strange multiverse. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Thor, Love, and Thunder will come in oh, 2022. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking. Okay, Guardians got to be in that a little bit, right? Or no? I'm thinking that's probably end 2022, early 2023. No, no, but think I'd... about where Thor's arc is at the end of Endgame. Guardians in the in at least oh, in the beginning. Guardians are confirmed to be in Thor Love. Yeah, and that's Thunder. what I'm saying. Guardians appearance at least in Thor Love and Thunder because we still have chubby Thor to deal with as well. Oh yeah, we got we got <laughs> we got bro Thor to deal with. Thor, uh, wait, do we? Because I saw that Chris Hemsworth said this is like the bulkiest you will ever see. No, well yeah. Oh, yeah so I'm that. sure by the end of the, I'm sure probably that doesn't last thirty minutes into the movie, but. If that, I'm thinking we will, we'll start the movie with that, with, with just Chris Hemsworth being Chris Hemsworth. I mean, yeah, I know. I just, I just didn't know if when he's with the Guardians, if that would have been done or not yet. So I didn't, I wasn't sure. Uh, I think they got like a bunch of shit for their treatment. I agree. I agree. So they're just going to kind of put it behind them and try not to acknowledge it. But, uh, the reason Chris Hemsworth is as jacked as he's ever been is because he's about to play the role of Hulk Hogan. Uh, in a biopic, makes sense about Hulk Hogan. That's so, awesome. 
that's why he's getting absolutely jacked uh, because he's playing Hulkster, you know, uh, brother, brother. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's but yeah, a lot, lot to anticipate in Marvel and uh, Black Widow, a fine addition to the MCU that we've. We've At least you can finish that whole chapter now with Black Widow being out. You can finish it. It's yeah, well, the, the I think yeah, is yeah. Formal, that's what I was gonna say. Not. That's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. It's like now we can say it's Phase Four and on from here. Like it's these are implicators. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get. I'd say Shang Chi post credit scene is gonna be something heavy hitting, in my opinion, probably. Bro, and that's think, one month and, away. And what I think Shang Chi is probably gonna have something in it that's also probably pretty implicate. Implicate. Well, we've already seen that we're gonna get Abomination versus uh versus uh oh, what's uh Doctor Strange's right hand man? Mordo. Um, who? Who? Oh, uh, Wong. 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 Yeah. Yeah, we get Abomination versus Wong at some point in this movie for no reason. I want to know um, when Mordo's in the Shang-Chi or wait, in Shang-Chi? In Shang-Chi. You didn't yeah. see in the trailer that uh, yeah, Abomination. Hey, how does that work? Did you guys get to see Hulk. the trailer for Shang-Chi when you rented it at home, Colton? Uh no. Damn, so no trailers. That sucks. That was one of the things I liked. Was I no, I, 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 I want to. I'm, I'm gonna go back. I think in a few weeks and catch a movie theater showing of Black Widow, just because I miss being at the movie theater. And <laughs> you know, I, I, I love the movie theater, so I'll go back any chance I get. But, uh, I, I really would have liked to see the Shang Chi trailer on a on the big screen. That would have been nice. Uh. Mm. But yeah, fuck guys. You guys want to move on to Emmy nominations? Any well, last thoughts on Black Widow, or are we good? I'm that's good. that's kind of yeah. That's that's really it. That's a wrap for you know Natasha Romanoff. May she rest in peace. May she rest in peace, yeah. and maybe not. You never know. You yeah. never know. We don't we don't know what the fuck <laughs> going on with the Soul Stone. Uh, but let's talk some Emmys, and obviously, I want to focus on the shit that we've talked about so extensively week by week for almost a year now, 10 months. Uh, we've got the Mandalorian, WandaVision, and the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I was going to ask you, uh, did Harley Quinn doesn't count for this year's, right? Uh, DC's Harley Quinn, I think it would have. I think it actually should have. That's tough, because I know you love that show, and I watched an episode the other day. I don't expect it to get any animated. I don't know. I didn't know if... I didn't know. I loved that show. I didn't know if maybe... Anything could come of it. Any in the maybe writing oh, I or anything. Loved that show, uh, but no, I don't think they got any. I don't think they got any Emmy nods. Uh, but the Mandalorian let let it all rightfully so. Nomina- rightfully so. Twenty four nominations for the Mandalorian, which is fucking awesome. I just love. Uh, I I think what's great is like. With Mandalorian, I don't know if a show has ever dominated in my, at least in the social media era that I've grown up in, I guess. I've never seen a TV series dominate such pop culture in a way. I've just never seen it. It's crazy. Um, It's like I've just watched The Sopranos, and I wish I could go back to when that was actually on TV because I yeah. can't even imagine what that was like from what I understand Twitter talks about it. That was like a phenomenon. Um, yeah, I, I just think like this show dominates pop culture, so it's obvious that they do stuff right. And um I think when you watch it that's evident. So obviously raking it in in every facet it deserves it. Te- effects, yep, writing, sound, I'm, audio. I'm gonna the- go with these I'm gonna list them for you. So uh Carl Weathers got an outstanding guest actor 
for episode 12, The Siege, where they take out that Imperial base, which Carl Weathers, more than deserving of the uh, Outstanding Guest Actor nod. Uh, outstanding Drama Series, Mandalorian, Outstanding Sound Editing. Yeah, I was going to say that. That was, for, that was for Chapter 13 when Ahsoka is in the show. Oh, a lot of Ahsoka episodes. And that's a, great because, that's a great one because you get lightsaber, like real lightsabers in that. And then you get Beskar yeah. interacting with it. You get the blasters. You yeah. get all of yeah. the goods there. So that oh, was, and like that, that, that episode was the most popular for sure amongst this Emmy. Uh, well, I think movie. the shots in that episode, Colton, I remember when we talked about it in the episode about just how incredible the film, just the actual just filming of it was everything, every shot looked incredible there. I it think because that one, there was so much smoke and fog and interaction and that stuff that just it. I just. Well, the one thing that I remember us really harping on that I am so glad got nominated was the production design, like the the set did like beautiful yeah that set was gorgeous that 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 little like garden area where ahsoka and the magistrate fought just gorgeous mandalorian and loki with the sets have been ridiculous ridiculous outstanding sound mixing that's also for the jedi outstanding casting outstanding special visual effects in a season outstanding cinematography for a single camera series and that was for the Jedi. Outstanding stunt coordination. Outstanding directing for a drama series. That's for Chapter 9, the season premiere uh, of Season 2. Outstanding stunt performance in the last episode, uh, the finale. Outstanding single camera picture editing, which is Chapter 11, The Heiress. Ooh, I like that one. Okay. Outstanding writing for the Jedi. Uh, outstanding single camera picture editing, again, the Jedi, outstanding writing, the finale, outstanding single camera picture editing, chapter 15, like, it's just a load of awards here, outstanding cinematography, single camera picture editing, again, any score, any score, outstanding, I'm, I'm, I'm looking real quick, outstanding costumes, again, the Jedi, Let's see any score here. We got makeup. Oh, outstanding music composition for a series. Say, I was gonna say Hans Bjornsson has been so deep in his bag for the show. Yeah, Lud- Lud- Ludwig Göransson. Er, yeah, Just, sorry. I, I you got Hans Zimmer. And yeah, yeah. Ludwig Göransson all rolled up into one. Yeah. But yeah, he that was for the finale. Outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. Giancarlo Esposito got a nod for Moff Gideon. Outstanding guest actor. Timothy Oliphant got a nod for Cobb Vanth. And uh hell yeah, that's that for this for for the Mandalorian. A lot of Emmy nods there. A lot of Emmy nods. And you know, WandaVision got one less, twenty three. Catherine Hahn better have a good one. I gotta she hope. Did. She she has she had she got nommed for best supporting actress in a drama series. Did uh, WandaVision get um any drama series best drama they got limited series uh they they decided they wouldn't be judged with the drama category but with the limited series category so they did get outstanding uh limited series okay. they also got outstanding casting outstanding writing outstanding directing uh multiple writings for multiple episodes multiple uh single camera picture editing like a lot of the same awards as mandalorian really they're they're nominated for a bunch of the same stuff. Outstanding lead actor in a limited or anthology series, Paul Bettany as Vision. Outstanding uh, period or character hairstyling, 
uh, outstanding music supervision, outstanding main title design, outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes, and that's for uh, the very first episode. Outstanding makeup, outstanding music composition, outstanding original music and lyrics for Agatha All Along, uh, outstanding original main title theme music, outstanding lead actress for Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, outstanding supporting actress for Katherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness, uh, and it, it just goes on and on, visual effects, design, uh, production, design, set, like it's just several for them. If there's any show that for me got a little fucked over here, it was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, yes. One one guest actor nod, and it was to Don yeah. Cheadle, who was even confused himself about the nominee. I saw this he on went, Twitter today. Uh, here's my thing. The fact that, A, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan don't get any nomination, crazy. Uh, on top of that, the fact that Don Cheadle would get best guest actor from this series when Carl Lumbly as Isaiah Bradley is right there, crazy to me crazy to me and then the fact that you know i loved Catherine hahn as agatha harkness and you know comparison is the is the death of joy if she's there for supporting actress in a drama series i think aaron kellyman is too you know what i'm saying like and, and even fucking wyatt russell as john walker he killed his performance uh, yeah. too, supporting actor there like it, it there were just so many great performances that i feel like should have been uh acknowledged and i mean good for don Cheadle, and i love don Cheadle, but uh, kind of, kind of a strange nod for the Falcon of Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, for my money, the the biggest one for like the biggest disappointment for me is that Don Cheadle is nominated when Carl Lumbly is right there. Isaiah Bradley dominated his role like that was like that was perfect. Uh, however, they he Don Cheadle got that nod. They got the nod for outstanding sound editing. Uh, for the finale. Uh, they got outstanding special visual effects, uh, outstanding stunt coordination, uh, outstanding stunt performance for the fight between uh, John Walker, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier. And those were their five nominees. There were other, there were some other pretty big ones, but none that we dove into too much. Another really cool fun factoid about the Emmys this year is uh, MJ Rodriguez is nominated for. Uh, outstanding lead actress in a role mm-hmm. and she will be the first trans person to be nominated for that in a leading role which is awesome super cool pose is phenomenal can't recommend it enough uh ted lasso got nominated for a fuck ton of stuff the oh. crown got nominated for a fuck ton of stuff uh a lot lot of good television here and uh, I'm hoping everything gets rightfully recognized. A know? fantastic year for television, as I will say. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> out. <laughs> Stupendous, one might say. I uh, can't believe it. I have never watched television this way. I used to be like movies pretty much guy. Like I'd watch movies when I go to sleep or I'd watch Sports Center. Or I'd watch something like that. I'm with you. I have <laughs> fallen asleep watching like Clone Wars, Sopranos slash stayed up oh, for two so to watch WandaVision, all of this. It's so much more fun. Since oh, Mandalorian. Like... Since Mandalorian, I have been consistently consuming television, and that's awesome. Like, yes, I guess I would binge watch The Office or whatever, da, 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 but never scheduled appointment television, not till yeah, now, and that's It's awesome. outstanding. And I, I think back to that era, the WandaVision era. Fuck. 
What a time. I loved when WandaVision was released. That was that an amazing era. Shit. <laughs> Uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier doesn't have as defined an era to it for me. I loved watching it, but I know Loki will. I lo- I'll I'll remember this shit oh, of too. Course. I, I remember I remember all of these things like in in the sex in which we've talked about them. You know, like I've got the Bad Batch and Loki era, era the Falcon and Winter Soldier era, the WandaVision era, and the Mandalorian era, and uh, I'm just ready for for everything that everything that's coming. You know, and uh, um. What I wanted to say was um, I really felt like this year really pushed, um, you know, it kind of brought TV shows like fictional ones into like the main, like it it was always mainstream, but a lot of war shows don't feel like focused on the big superhero CGI stuff. And with WandaVision kind of like coming in with all this intensity and, mysteriousness and then Falcon and Winter Soldier even though that's that's this whole thing by itself but then Loki even though that's going to be maybe I believe that's next year right Loki is Loki would be nominated for 2022 yes and to have that and also have Pose come in like the first you know big you know the biggest cast of um, POC trans women ever and it is all like all of this it's in this one year, this is like an astounding, like, I, it's just, I just can't believe like this is the well, way it is. It's so and like I know. And I think what's awesome is like, you're going to see more and more people fall into the fold of like Marvel slash Star Wars fans. Like, I think that's, what's great is like this community is going to grow bigger and hopefully, hopefully that brings in, you know, less of the people that, you know, like in Star Wars, less of those fans, or at least makes them a little more diluted. The fans that are, you know, sending messages about Rose's character or, yeah. you know, trashing because a woman is one of the key heroes or the main key hero in the, you know, sequel trilogy. It's just those are the fans that hopefully, you know, as this stuff grows more and more popular and grows more and more mainstream and they give – here's the thing with Marvel – I feel like it's easy to fall out of being a fan because it's like before it was you waited months before and months in between for content. You'd wait four months for a movie. Never again. You will have stuff filling gaps always. That's what's incredible. Re things that are rewatchable. How often do you sit down on a week and rewatch a Marvel movie? If it's me, a lot of weeks, never, maybe once every week or two. I don't go that long, but sometimes, you know. But with TV shows, it's different. You can a lot of times either A, be watching one, or how easy would it be like right now? I haven't seen WandaVision and shit what feels like a year. I could probably rewatch that show and very enjoyably and especially catch things Absolutely. I never saw. Absolutely. Like I, I actually just just did that like a few days ago. Like I, I was like, you know what? Let's watch WandaVision for a little bit. I, I fucking loved this show. And if there's any show that like the first few episodes at least – couldn't be more casual viewing, you know, like the first, the first two anyway, like obviously you have those tense moments, but it's like, this is overall fun Marvel television with characters I really love. Uh, and that's, that's the bottom line and that's what we're going to continue to get. And, uh, I'm excited for this what if series coming up mm-hmm. from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I didn't realize, Kyler, uh, is that what if is happening on its own? Uh, there's nothing happening concurrently with it. So we might actually be able to talk about what if week to week, or we might, might actually take that opportunity to do the star Wars live commentaries. We've been discussing. I think that might be what I want. I think it might be as well. Um, 
But yeah, I just wanted to get those Emmy nominations in there for the for the for the last last little bit there. And uh, Aurora, you got anything anything else about uh, this this last year in television? Just how impact like. Just how impactful, especially for like, like you know my whole you know career thing, Colton. But then yes. also seeing how that fictional projects are being like taken seriously with like Emmys and stuff, and it's it's going to. And then also being from like the the trans community and seeing polls like mm. get taken seriously, like to have like MJ Rodriguez, who's Afro Latina, getting you know, nominated for this. This is like so. It's just like a, just like a rush, like of like it's positivity a moment. in it. it and it's it's a like, moment, you know. Uh, like wow, I, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely happy with where television is at, and I can't wait to see where we're headed in the future, in the coming years. Uh, but fuck yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Black Widow and the Emmy nominations, man. Let's uh, let's get let's get the fuck out of here. This was the Penny Bloom podcast. 119th episode. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Aurora Carter. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me again. Of course. And I'll talk to you here in a couple of days about, uh, the Loki series finale. And, oh, do we want to, I, do we want to, you know, uh, it's Tuesday. Uh, the Loki finale is tomorrow. Want to get any last second predictions in here for last on the record pod predictions for Loki's finale here? Um, Val is leading. She's in the castle. Val's in the castle. Val's in the castle. I, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Book it. Aurora, any, any final thoughts on Loki before we get into the finale? Any final thoughts on Loki? Um, I want to know if we're going to keep Tom, if is Tom Hiddleston going to stay or is Sylvie is going to stay? Like, this is going to be a thing where like she disappears and she goes into Loki or she's going to be the new Loki. Like, I don't, I'm yeah, really worried I'm about what we're going to go with these characters. Cause I love Sylvie and Loki. I love, yes. I love yeah. Sylvie and I can't stand the idea of losing, losing that character or Sophia DiMartino as, as that character anytime soon. I need them in my life and I need Tom Hiddleston in my life. Frankly, Tom Hiddleston is a, a, a lovely man. I, I love him. Uh, but yeah, again, this was the Penny Bloom podcast. I was Colton Robertson, joined by Aurora Carter and Kyler Barnett. Thank you very much, homie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Remember, head to patreon.com slash Bloom where you will find a, a, a nice short little introduction on the front of this episode. I think it's going to be like uh, 30 minutes. We had a separate conversation, me and Kyler, and then another conversation, me and Aurora, and then we brought it all together here for the main episode. But, uh, You'll you'll enjoy you'll enjoy the content there. Some more Black Widow discussion. Uh, Kyler giving us an update on his weekend, uh, uh, baseball and such. Then it got cut uh, short. It was a shame. Yeah, it was it was a damn shame. It was a damn. I, shame. You want to know what's funny? I I, I finished the story, thinking you were still with me. I, I talked for like ten minutes. Nothing. There's no. Oh no! Anywhere. I heard. I no. heard your yeah, entire I heard story. the ending no. of his. Uh, no, I I heard your entire story. Like I got to the end. Wait, and it's 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 recorded. Like the end, like me. the end where I said the end. Like you're talking about like you. Did you hear about what happened when I got home? I think so. All right, then maybe you did. I don't know. I kept asking right. you if you could hear me, but you couldn't. 
Oh, I, I could hear you. All you right, hear well, then maybe. All right, well, you, yeah, hey, but, congrats. I guess Follow on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod, on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember, peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves.